Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, D.W. Ross. Ross, how are you doing today? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually really excited because um, when I first started thinking about doing this podcast, um, last August, actually, right around my birthday, um, I had seen you a lot on for book one on Twitter. And I was like, oh, I really want to get him on here. And you know, so, and it just, for some reason, like other people just kept asking me and I, so I had you on my list for quite a while uh, and I was just kind of waiting for the right time. So I'm really glad that, you know, we were able to connect and, you know, and get you on today. So I'm excited. Likewise, it was um, when we crossed emails and everything, I was like, this is really cool. This is, uh, so I love talking about books and obviously we've just had a little chat before hitting record and you seem like a really good guy. So I'm, I'm excited for today. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend, he was like, oh, you know, you should have on. I'm like, who? I, I love referrals. He's like, D.W. Ross. And I'm like, yeah, he's already." And they always ask me, like, right when you guys are coming on, too. It's like, it's like <laughs> or something like it's weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, but yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, so we'll start with that first question. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? It was a bit, um, bit strange, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I always said to myself I wanted to right one day I always considered myself quite a creative person when it came to my imagination but I, I just think I never had the confidence in myself mm. to actually like put pen to paper and I think I was about 28 or so and one of my really good friends decided to get me into the world of Dungeons and Dragons oh, awesome. and we would just get this was pre-COVID so we would like get around like 10 of us and do a campaign and I think that like kick-started my creativity where straight away I was like okay so I've now played this for a year I want to DM I'm like I want to mm. I want to DM a homebrew <laughs> and then the next day I was like I had this world created and I was like I couldn't get all my friends to like play because like we were all like dads and stuff and have jobs yeah. and there was just never a chance to get in the same room and I was like I couldn't stop developing like the world and little characters I was coming up with and then the next thing I knew it just kind of snowballed into like a story <laughs> uh, so like I'll normally say like my writing journey started as a D&D backstory oh, and cool. now it's like a three book series so it's really strange um, but I think I was definitely not helped but lockdown certainly allowed me like we had a really long lockdown here in the UK yeah, yeah. Um, and we adapted ours really really early I think <laughs> we went from I was in work on Friday to that's it you're completely locked down on the Monday and I think that allowed me more time to like progress the novel because I didn't, I couldn't do anything else. So yeah, yeah. Um, this was also before my daughter was born. So I was able to just kind of write and I think I needed it as an escape in lockdown, if that makes sense. I yeah, oh, for, totally. Me and my wife, like all we did for like six months was like walk around our area and just stay in and come on like Zooms and do quizzes. But I had this little escape where I could write and, and kind of do that. And it was, oh, it was amazing yeah yeah no totally I, I get what you're saying like I my wife she was like um you know like school was basically shut down we were only working for like four hours every day remotely from home and then it was like you had the rest of the day and you know it was, wasn't sure what to do so I was like masked up I had you know face shield and I sat in my car and I I door dashed like they would take the food up front to you from like a window it was like the coolest thing because like I made a lot of money, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I would go around, you know, it was a nice break from the house and, you know, I would go around and I'd listen to audio books and then I would do the audio record and then I'd come home and, you know, I'd get a bunch done. It was, it was a very interesting time to write, I guess is what I'm trying to say is 
because I feel like it was very helpful. Yeah, it was definitely helpful because you had the time, but I also feel like sometimes it was hard because, uh, I mean, I know obviously the world is not in a great stage just now, but back then, like this was obviously like pre the war in Ukraine and everything. And I think back then it really was all doom and gloom for a, for a yeah, really yeah, suddenly. Totally. Like it, it, it almost, it went from like one week of me saying, okay, let's book this festival ticket, let's go, let's book this a vacation, this holiday, let's do all these things to you cannot do anything. Yep. And then you kind of get sucked into this little bubble where you just watch the news all the time. And then at first everybody's like, it's just it's just the flu. And then the next thing you see the number of people catching it and yeah. sadly passing away. And it's just, it really like compartmentalizes just how yeah. sad it was. And I think that actually was finding it harder to write like a hopeful novel. Oh, for sure. <laughs> because for sure. It was, I, I don't know if you were the same, but like the time was great to be able to really sink in and maybe spend like, eight hours solid in front of a laptop going this is really good but it was draining if yeah, you know yeah. What I mean. no i do my my best friend goes uh, so i was like haven't let him read anything but i've talked to him a lot about draft one and he was like man it's he goes your book is such a covid book and i'm like what are you trying <laughs> to say he's like it's so depressing he was like you get this <laughs> i got these two friends you know and it's a tragedy and but i told him i'm like well that's great though i said because especially now you know i'm like because it, it's I said I've had you know two pre like the like the three pre-planned really you know where it's like you get the tragedy now and like the fall but then like book two makes it worse but then yeah then by I'm like by book three I said if you I said if you're depressed after book one I was like you're gonna absolutely love book three you know and you yeah. know trying to give you know because I wanted to do that mm-hmm. um I don't know I agree with you it's just it was so hard to for a while there to have a lot of hope you know because nobody knew yeah when a vaccine was going to come around, it just seemed like things were getting worse, you know, and it, it really was, it was like, I just kept telling myself like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, but you know, it's, you know, I, I think it's hard too for people, you know, cause you know, like with the, you know, the Spanish flu or whatever, you know, when it came around, it's like, it wasn't, it was devastating, but it wasn't quite as devastating, you know, and now we have a much bigger yeah. population. So it was definitely, you know, I try to put it in historical context because it makes me feel better. But <laughs> it's, it's a, no, but it's a fair thing to say because I think the thing, one of the things that made it so much worse was just how close everyone is to the news these days. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if, if you think about back when, like, the Spanish flu happened, like, obviously you had, like, the closer of the First World War and then that happened. But yep. you, you have limited access to news. And when you do have access to it, it's in small doses. Yeah, yeah. So maybe be a newspaper or a newsreel or something. Whereas now I can just type anything into a search engine and I can get the most depressing results I possibly want. Yeah. And at my fingertips. And I think everybody had like a morbid curiosity with COVID. Yeah. Because you were you just I mean, I don't know, me personally, I just wanted to be informed. No, but yeah, then no. it got a wee bit out of hand because I was yeah. like, you just you see the figures and Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, I don't know. I think I actually think like I'm, I'm looking at a copy of Cold from the North. By the way, I'm not just staring off into the, <laughs> the distance, but I think Cold from the North ended up being quite hopeful. I don't know if around about the time I finished it was actually when we got out of our first lockdown. Mm. Um, so that was around September 2020. So I think maybe I was a bit more prosperous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving it a, a nice spin at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, they always say right, like art imitates life. So you know, yeah. it's yeah. I feel like that's totally fair and. My buddy, we we talked a lot about, I tried getting my friend to like co-write a book with me and he's just like, oh, I'm not there yet, which I get, you know, everybody's got to, you know, hit that spot, you know, when you're ready. Yeah. But 
um i have one where i like had started the outline and i was like you know what i was like let's talk about this whole like COVID thing really in like a fantasy aspect and i was like ah and then i had it started and i was like ah, i just think it's too soon um but like next year for instance i'd love to release like i have um it's almost like COVID, but it only affects mages. So anybody, it's like, nice. let's say if you were a Star Wars and you're force sensitive, like only you have to worry about it. And, you know, nice. then the the muggles or whatever are worried that it's going to transform and then attack them. So they're attacking mages. Mm-hmm. So not only do the main characters have to find a cure, but they also oh, have to God. fight through all these people, you know? And I feel like it was very similar to those feelings, you know, and we just decided like, you know, my other friend and I, we were like, eh, it's probably too soon. Um, you know, but we did want to touch on those human concepts, you know, of like when somebody coughed, everybody just stops at Walmart or in the grocery store. When you do go in, you're like, what? You okay? <laughs> like, you know, you know, <laughs> just, just uh, was right. Everyone was right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just leaves the carts, you know, and, <laughs> and we talked about that too. We're like, um, like speaking of being so, you know, so close to the news, like, I mean, now it's like you get it sent to you, right? You don't even have to look it up. Like, like Yahoo or Gmail or, you know, Twitter, they like Twitter war in Ukraine. I had to like unfollow it. Cause I was just like getting so angry every day. And I'm like, you know, I'm a history teacher. So I'm like, I get like, you know, why, you know, countries like literally when Putin was like looking right at, he, I felt like he was looking right at Biden in the United States and, um, and actually UK, you know, and France in particular. And like, don't get involved, you know, or oh, was that like on the 20, like on the 20, the night of the 20th yep. of February? Yep. Yeah. I remember like, that because that was a big threat and, you know, it was intense. It was very intense. And I was literally like, holy moly. I was like, Hitler just like stared us in the camera and told us to not do anything, you know, or like I was in like that quote, like consequences, like you've never seen. I was like, you've never seen it. I was it like, we dropped two be- bombs on Japan. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I just, it was very like, I, my kids freaked out the next day, you know, when they were like, blah, 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 you know, and they kind of, I think felt better too. We put it in historical context, you know, and um, yeah, but it's funny. Cause like, I, you know, I have a couple of people that I knew, um, you know, through friends and stuff and we're following on TikTok through the Ukraine and uh, a couple of female authors actually. And I, I don't know if they're alive, you know, like it's, so my friend, he was like talking about, you know, that as well. And he's just like, he's, he's had a really hard time, you know, writing something more hopeful, you know, and, and I can't blame him, you know, like he lives in Poland and, you know, he's literally seeing these people, you know, coming by day after day. I actually had a friend, he was in the DMZ zone, um, on Poland, like his feet were literally like there and he's pulling refugees over the border, you know, and he's just like, oh, I'm just ready to go in there. And he's like, I get why not. He's like, but I, he's like, you see these kids who are walking without parents, you know, and, and stuff you know and like he had one girl who he you know made sure she got to someone safe and you know and I I mean I get that you know and he's like it was so hard after you know the pandemic you know where you did feel like things were going here and then all of a sudden you know you get kind of blindsided but I do want to just touch it real quick because I do think it you know there was a lot of burnout like you said I know a lot of people that wrote their first book like you um, you know, for the first book or wrote a book and they poured it into it, their COVID book. And then I think that's what happened to me because I have been able to finish it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, do, I definitely agree with you from a writer standpoint. It was just, it was very interesting. I think everybody bled out on the page and then everything was just there. And some people were able to pick themselves up and other people like myself just kind of, you know, need a minute to step away in order to come back. Cause I think all those yeah. feelings and 
emotions are there. So I definitely agree with you. And I, I definitely understand that, that concept. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you just now. Like I really struggled when everything started happening in Ukraine. I know it's really easy to say this from like a position of safety when I live in like totally agree. the UK and everything. Like I know it's really easy to say, but like when you see, and it's another thing when we go back to having like the news at your fingertips, when you see the devastation, like I, I think for the first couple of days, like I saw some things on Reddit and things and I was just like, I need to actually completely pull myself away from this. I was like, I can't yeah. allow myself because I don't know why, it, but it just has a really, really profound effect on me. I yeah, know that's yeah. just a human thing, but yeah. some people I don't think maybe have an interest in like geopolitics or the news or history the way I do and you do. Yeah, so yeah. I think maybe they don't necessarily, they see the horror, but I don't think it hits them as hard. Yeah. So yeah. I think I saw it and it like I had to like take a step back. Like I was so close to finishing book three and I just had to be like, that's not a priority right now. My priority right now is trying to get my mind right of the fact the world's effectively on fire again. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. now I've and now I've got a daughter, it was like, right, I need to make sure I'm okay for her. Like yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And not being, like so many I think one of the things that hit me the hardest was like seeing so many like women and children like and they had to leave their husbands behind. Yeah. yeah. To fight and stuff. And it was just the courage from yeah. all sides, like to A, to stay, B, to leave and, and make sure your, your babies and your kids get to safety. And, and I, it was just, oh, it was harrowing. And I just, yeah, I was the same as you. Like it, it drained me. It completely yeah. drained me. Yeah. And um, I know that's a bit of a segue, but you're right. Like I think, and then the, the thing that happened in Booker, um, mm. well, like the actual alleged or whatever you want to call it, war crimes, yeah, yeah. like that, that hit me again. And I was just like, how can humans be, and I don't know if it is because of my dad now. Like, I just feel hyper-emotional when it comes to people doing hurt to others. But it was like, yeah. like I've, I've, I've written since, but it doesn't feel the same, if you know what I mean. It's, oh, no, I know I do, yeah. Like, you bleed onto the page, do you know what I mean? But now yeah. I'm like, it just, I'm not anymore. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost like there's something holding it back. And I don't no, know if yeah. it's just because there is a hell of a lot of suffering. It's harder to enjoy things just now. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, my friend, like, we went to Comic-Con you know, like last weekend and my wife and I, like, we have certain things scheduled that I'm like, well, I guess I'm like kind of at the point where I'm like, you know, I'm taking off the summer to write and I'm like, really want to get a lot done. Cause I'm like, one of my kids made a comment in my history class. And he was like, was, oh, I forgot that was still going on. And I said, see, you have that ability. Cause you live in this country. You know, I said, we're geographically, you know, further away, I said, and relatively, except for Pearl Harbor, I said, at 9-11, I said, we've been relatively safe, you know, since, since you know, since 1776, you know, I said, and we, um, you know, we have that freedom and that ability to not think about it, you know, and that makes me think about it even more, you know, and it's crazy to see people, you know, like literally like Americans, which I have a lot of respect for them, you know, like, like 45, 55, you know, they're retired from army or you know, whatever, or Marines, and they're just heading over, they're leaving their wives and kids, and they're heading over, you know, they're coming up to the UK, going to, to Poland, um, and then walking across the border, you know, into, yeah. you know, it's like, it's just, it's crazy, you know, and it's, uh, and I, you know, I have friends that live in Russia, too, who are, you know, very, very angry that, you know, that's going on, and it just, it makes it, again, like a very interesting situation, I think, where my friend made a point, he's like, I feel like I have to write, you know, to, yeah. to get these emotions down kind of like um the historian dukier from mal's and book of the fallen where you know he sees so much death destruction and devastation but he wants to still highlight the you know the important values of what's mm -hmm. really going on and 
I definitely agree with them. I'm like, you know, like, I think it'd be very interesting to write a book where that type of thing happens to a group of people, but to showcase the really, you know, the heroic things, you know, the courage and, you know, really it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, right? Like that's like that whole concept, right? Is that they're overpowered, you know, they, you know, have to come together and find allies where they can, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I just see my friend was like, he was like, who, he's like, who ruined the world? Like who, who pressed the button? who, you know, found the Pandora's box. He's like, somebody needs yeah. to put it back in, like something. But it definitely makes it interesting as a, as a, as a writer, I feel like, because you yeah. have to even, figure it out, right? Like in order to move yeah. forward for yourself. I mean. Even what you just said there, like I just think about it, like, just finding the hope and finding the heroes yeah. in the situation. Like, and I suppose that's, that's something that we do already, but we maybe do it subconsciously when we're looking at the, the bravery of the people yeah 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 living there in defiance and being like no i'm not gonna leave my house and uh yeah so maybe it is maybe it's like flipping it on it's as much as it's a horrible situation that there's incredible bravery and it's just oh well it's interesting to see like people that were guilt, isn't it it's guilt yeah 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 well it's interesting like people like uber drivers you know like going into a war zone just to get people out and <laughs> like yeah not chart, you know, and gas is very expensive in Poland, yeah. obviously, right now. And it's like, it's crazy to think that, you know, because my, my kids kept talking about this and that. I said, I get it. I get it. I said, but you guys also have to be able, I, and I told me it was nice because there were a lot of stories that popped up, like um, the one man that got ran over by a tank and they didn't know if he was Ukrainian or Russian or, you know, what was going on. And, but everybody like helped him out, you know, and like he survived. Like I told them, I was like, you know, I said, in the history books, you only see the battles, the devastation. I said, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't hear about the farmer here in America where um, his, all of his neighbors um, were Japanese Americans and got put in internment camps. So he paid all their taxes. He was like 22, right? 22 white man. Like you just didn't expect this in that area at that time, did all their fields and paid all their taxes. And the entire time they were in the internment camp. So I save those kind of stories all the time to show them that there's these horrible things going on, but people are also doing the great things. And unfortunately, history yeah. is a lot like the news. They only report on the bad things, you know, and I said, you know, we talk about slavery a lot and that's where our like stuff starts and, and um, where I teach right now. And it's like, I tell them, I'm like, there's a lot of slavery. There's a lot of horrible things I said, but people are living, literally giving up their lives and their freedom to help, you know, on the underground railroad. I'm like, it's an illegal organization, you know? And I said, you know, it goes to show you not all laws are, are, are just laws, you know, and it just, it gets very interesting, I think, when, yeah. you know, you add these new situations, but it's definitely, like, opened my mind up to, I think, writing in a different way, if that makes sense, like, I mm-hmm. had never considered certain possibilities, and it really makes me feel more connected to, you know, to writers from the past, like Tolkien, for instance, you know, yeah, it, he would you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah, and you're just yeah. like, whoa like and I just think like just the human perspective I think you know it adds um I just think it adds another layer onto it and I think it adds mm-hmm. another layer onto the writing itself but at least for me personally I don't know no that, I think I'm in the exact same boat like it, it's definitely made me more considerate of what I'm writing in a way yeah like, I totally agree so yeah but it's an interesting take yeah 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 all right well that was an awesome question um I'm oh, sorry that was a big segue but that was oh no, it's fine it's fine it's fine I got a lot out of it. it. Made me think of a lot, and I really like where you said finding the heroes within the situation. So if somebody comes to this 
fantasy and sci-fi podcast and does not like that quote alone and it makes you think something this is probably the I, wrong I podcast can't, i can't take credit for that that was you it was you that oh, said that. that's good i'm gonna give you credit for that one that was a good one All i right. like that <laughs> i'm gonna use that as a blurb and i'm gonna i'm gonna put your name on it uh, oh, for God. one of my books so uh, <laughs> so i know but for our audience what genre do you currently write in and why uh, i would say it's like kind of high fantasy epic fantasy um a bit of a mix of the both um more epic i would say than high because i don't really have any like fancy like races or anything the elves dwarves or anything like that um but why i think it's just because that's what i'm interested in um, and yeah. got like a really 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 big fondness for like medieval history mm. uh love big battles i think if you were to look at like all my favorite films and stuff, they would probably sit around films that had massive, massive battles and usually like pitch battles, so sword battles um, in a field, little to no artillery. Do you know what I mean? Literally just yeah, yeah. mano y mano, just going for it with uh, sharp weapons. Um, but that's I think that's why I think that was that that's kind of the element that I, I really enjoyed and wanted to write about was that kind of war setting. Um, and then also I think it's probably because of where I'm from um, and just because of the, like, the things that I surround myself with culturally. Uh, Cold from the North started off being quite influenced by uh, like the Norse side of things. Oh, um, cool. So there's a lot of like Norse, more references, but even some of the names like Ogulf Harrowsbane is your main character. He, that's obviously quite Norse. Um, but then it was also like the kind of medieval castles, castles, Spanish castles, like a little bit yeah that's that's why i think because i'm just a bit of a I'm a bit of a nerd <laughs> i understand that feeling <laughs> yeah it's the best way to be like i used to think it was i used to be quite guarded about what i was interested in and then eventually i think i stopped drinking alcohol about two and a half years ago and i was just like fuck it like yeah <laughs> do you have a little sorry can i swear on yeah. oh you're fine you're fine I put it, yeah, yeah. We put the parental thing on there. I was just like, screw it, screw it. Um, like, why do I need to hide like the kind of things I'm interested in? And no, totally. Ever since, it's just been like kind of embracing the geekiness. And one yeah. of the things that it came with was D and D and then books. Oh man, we we just got done playing last night. I'm um doing a a campaign in my own fantasy world that I write in. So it's been so fun to Is develop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. been really it's like fun to. It's been really fun to, um, you know, to like last night in particular, I got to showcase a lot of things that are just just mine. And, you know, like just like a, like an air elemental trap where um, the trap it's on the ground, you know, and it's like a statue and um, the air elemental almost like fuses with it and takes it with it and becomes like a snake. Um, and it was just it was really cool. Like and then they they like tried getting away and the door was too small. Well, the statue stayed behind like it's husk, but the air elemental came out and it was, just, it was cool. I, there's a couple of things I can't say cause I'm writing it in books, but it was neat yeah. afterward. Cause everybody was like, Oh, blah, blah. Like there was just some things that came up and they were like, Oh, this was so cool. And you know, there was some things that, you know, I try to do that I thought would always be neat, you know, and yeah. I've taught science and social studies for quite some time. And, you know, I like to, like to put it in there so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was cool though you know to see people but yeah I feel like it's going to be cool like yours right like putting that type of dm situation in and you know having people you know because one of my friends just like you know read your book two for you and he was like this was so cool and you know I, I thought I was like oh man that's got to be really neat so I can't wait for, for that moment so yeah it's it's interesting right but yeah D is definitely one of those where I tell, I tell people all the time, like, it's, I think it's just so helpful, even from a player's perspective, you know, and oh, yeah. 
yeah. it's just uh, I think it's probably the most like is I mean I find it more fun than any video game I've ever played. Mm. Like I grew Heck up yeah. playing video games and then I started playing D and I was just like, why have I been wasting my time on video? And it yeah. like not that they're a waste of time, but just you can go in with your friends and like I played in a couple of different groups where like some people were maybe more wanting to role play than others, and then others were maybe just really technical. And I was like, this is just fun. Yeah. Because you can just do whatever you want to an extent. Yeah. As long as you've got like a good DM. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's just it's the, the the opportunities in it are endless and it's just so much fun they really are though because like for yeah. us like my friend I, my old boss I was working at a gaming bar last year just for some like fun and something to do after the pandemic for the summer and um he was like oh you should do what I do because I do story points he goes I like, give a story point out the first game and then anytime someone does something really cool that helps drive the story if they're role-playing or whatever it's a way to encourage their you know role-playing in mm-hmm. unique situations and problem solving so he'll award a story point. So yesterday we had somebody with the air elemental and I do my own races. So I have like kind of like a yon T like type of thing. And I gave them, um, I let them choose if their character, um, it's like specialization. So I get, let them choose if like you want um, like to, when you increase level, do you want to increase your tail whip ability, which is a special ability? Or do you want to do like whisper of venom and spit like a mm-hmm. venom loogie? And my friend was like, yeah, I'm definitely spitting venom loogies. So uh, the air <laughs> elemental came up and was about to attack somebody. And he like rose up on his tail as tall as he could and spit a venom loogie right in this thing's face. <laughs> and I was like, that's a story point right there. That's awesome. And then there's somebody oh, else had like such a cool, oh, somebody else like was pretending like deceiving and pretending with this guard to, cause there's like, kidnap children and stuff involved and they're from his orphanage and he's like really po'd so he like takes his cane with like a you know like a bronze hawk and goes under the guy's chin and he literally just like threatens him so well very calmly and i the line was so good i wrote it down in my notes i was like yeah that's a story point and and then something else happened and i said i was like only in D &D, you know can you have these a, a venom spit loogie you know this half crippled guy like literally you know um threatening this guy like he's a god <laughs> himself you know it was such a good line and then um you have you know there's like there was like two other situations like we have a a pickens who's like a rabbit folk and he just did some cool stuff and it was just so much fun and i was like this is why i played this game you know like yeah yeah, yeah. it's so worth you get it. those moments yeah 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 and then they and then they like left forever like those moments yep. now are the moments i used to have at like when I would go out with my friends and you yeah, have yeah. those moments that you would talk about for years. And usually, obviously, they're a bit debaucherous, right? Whereas <laughs> now it's like D&D moments where you're like, oh, do you remember that time that you... <laughs> There's stories you can actually share. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, the, you know, it's, it's one of the one things I'm really excited for. Like, my daughter's one in, like, two and a bit weeks. And I think in about three or four years, I'll probably try and, like, ease her into... Yeah, yeah. Can we play this little, this little game? this wee game of D and just see if you and then maybe i'll have like a little army of kids of my own that will just like oh, that'd be cool. all the time that'd be amazing. yeah i always see the dads like that where you know they're like oh my kid just did his last campaign until he goes to college with us or whatever and you know then they got like four of them yeah i always tease my wife i was like three would be an okay adventuring party you know <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good party yeah they could yeah. one of them could bring a friend then you yeah yeah, yeah. no that's like, fair yeah that's you don't need fair. four like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's fair <laughs> It's usually the best ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, so that third one there. So, what are your Onyx Born Chronicles about, and how did you come up with this idea? 
Yeah, so the Onyx Bond Chronicles um, is about the... Try not to give too much away because I'm talking from the point of finishing book three, which oh, I just yeah, done. Yeah. That's exciting. So, <laughs> so I know how it goes, <laughs> um, but I don't want anyone else to. Uh, but basically there's a... Uh, let's just put it this way, there's gods. One of them wants to come back to power and prominence. In order to do so, he has put some influence in the world of mine. Um, mm. And the Onyx Bond Chronicles is about the kind of struggle to see whether the baddies, let's just call them, will be <laughs> successful or not. And um, it's a bit of a story of like friendship and, and camaraderie and war, really. Um, and just how this group who are not really connected at the beginning have to really come together um, in order to try and stop this evil from happening. And um, yeah, so book one is a bit of a scene setter. Book two apparently doesn't stop. And book three, uh, to quote one of my beta readers, is just a complete and utter story of emotional damage. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but, um, but yeah. That so, TikTok meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. I don't know what it was, and then he told me. And then I can't wait for them to hold it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are great. I love. I like book one would look cover looked amazing, but book two, like I, I can't get over the axe, man. Like and the blue, like it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite covers from the last year. Yeah, and I love the trees and like the north in the background. Like it's just so. My friend said he was like this this book he's like it's just so fantasy like yeah. i don't know when i was when i was doing it like i've, I've got like the best designer ever named sheree and um i was talking to her and we were doing like the concept and stuff and i won't lie like i was very influenced by john gwynn's covers mm. just, oh yeah like, they're incredible beautiful. Yeah. i love big weapons on the front and everything and then um we were playing around and we couldn't find like an a lifelike axe that was right. Mm. I was like, let's find like a one that looks like it should be in like a game. Yeah, let's find yeah. like so I can't. I think we found it on Shutterstock or Alamy oh, or one cool. of those like stock sites. And it's just yeah, she's absolutely nailed it. But then if you do it there, like it's also on the oh, that's cool. No one showed me that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's super cool. That's what I said to my buddy. I was like, that's one that I, you know, like I could do quite a few on Kindle. Like, I think I have book one free on Kindle. I was like, no, book two, I'm I'm buying in person. I'm like, that's oh, yeah, one yeah. that I I'll, want I'll, to be I'll send you on some. the shelf. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll send man. you some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's like, you know, I, it's just so funny because I was like, oh, yeah, book one. I'm really excited. And then book two, I was just like, this is why I'm into fantasy. <laughs> like, I actually used to that. teach graphic design, you know, and like, oh, nice. like so that cover is just like, I I just thought it was really cool. I just I couldn't get over it. I literally stared at it one day and my friend, I sent him everything. Um, because he's the same way. And we um we go back and forth with, you know, trying to decide like I actually really like the old school, like Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance covers, and that's the yeah, kind of stuff. Dragonlance covers yeah, you know, and yeah. that's the kind of stuff I like, you know. But then I then I saw yours and I'm like, Son of a gun. I was like, look at, you know, <laughs> look at DW Ross's call from the North. My friend's like, that is really cool. And, you know, so we're always looking, you know, cause you know, we're just, we're never quite sure, you know, and um, sometimes like, he's my tech guy. So we talked about, you know, maybe doing some Photoshop and then sending this and that, you know, you know, to help yeah. with costs and stuff. But I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, maybe I do want to do that now. <laughs> like something yeah, like yeah. similar, you know? And yeah, it's fun. I like covers that really make you like, you can't not look at them, you know, and you have to buy yeah. a physical book to have it in your hand. And, yeah, yeah, that's definitely I'm a, one of them. I'm a sucker for that. I have so many books that I don't even really know the <laughs> premise of. I just really like the cover. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 
no i totally get that my wife she's like i'm just gonna start buying you prints and you just put them all you know like i'm like that's fair we're trying to get a, a little bit bigger house just so i have a bigger space just so we can just so i can just so i can buy you know like the prints of covers that would maybe not buy yeah, as many yeah, yeah. physical books but now i'm like addicted to kindle because a lot of my friends have like done you know i'm like i even some that i you know like had physical they're like 99 cents or something so i'm like yeah you know buy it <laughs> buy it now yeah, I do that. Like, I, this is what I'm reading just now. Um, Elborn. Oh yeah, I I I have Daniel. Like I have an email ready to send to him, so I'm really hoping yeah. that uh, second part of season two that I can get him on. Yeah, everybody. There well, there's there's the segue. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody. I'm the like, same. So I have that, but it's a chunky book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to read it while having a one year old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I can hold her when she's sleeping, and I can just go on my Kindle. So that's why I got the Kindle. <laughs> that's so funny. You said that. That's why I was I was with my nephews all the time, and I was like, "Yeah, I was like, you know, this is told the hounds, you know." So here it is, and yeah, it's like thirteen hundred pages, and two, yeah, you can't even read it when you're holding a baby. So no. yeah, that's where I grab the Kindle, you know, or I have them. I like it because I have it on my phone, and if we're somewhere, yeah, oh, you same, know, or, same, same, yeah, anywhere I am, I can just yep. go like. You were on page 72, which is yeah, 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 yeah. excellent. Let's just keep yep. going. Yep. Yeah. That way you never lose the, I always lose the, I have to do two bookmarks now with him, with my oldest nephew. It's like, he'll knock it out of my hand or he'll, he'll pull it <laughs> yeah. out. And I'm like, no, like, I <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited to see uh book three for you. I'm um, really can't yeah. wait. I love seeing people's, you know, the covers, especially, you know, like all lined up and it just, it, yeah. ma- it makes me feel good that, you know, when people have book three done, you know, that, you know, like, that, like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's like a cool milestone, you know, it's like, yeah, he did it, you know, like, it's just one of those things. So I had a lot of people. I can't believe it's, it. I can't believe it's done. Yeah. 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 yeah That's so exciting. I just can't believe it. So, but yeah, uh, when I get the third book, I will send you some copies. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm trying to do yeah. um giveaways. I'm, we're working on the iPad now to, cause we're going to shows next year and nice. we're going to give out posters, um, which has the QR codes. Um, we're starting to put them up in like, I'm actually like, I'm, when I go on vacation this year, I'm not just going on vacation. I'm like scouting areas that have, um, you know, that are heavily influenced um, fantasy and, um, you know, like uh, in sci-fi communities, um, you know, people that have maybe some bigger cons or, you know, some, mm-hmm we're going to some very popular, you know, like world famous, like comic book stores and stuff like that. So I'm hoping I could just like, be like, Hey, can you just put this poster up and, you know, kind of help grow the audience that way. And, um, but yeah, so like, we're trying to give that away. We're trying to work the iPad where people could sign up for your newsletter, for instance, and do a couple rounds and, you know, like sign up. Well, the Syracuse one near us is pretty big. Um, so we're hoping that's like our first one in October. Um, so I'm definitely looking for people that want to send signed copies because we're trying to get as many people for your guys's newsletters. So we'll do like a, like one drawing for, you know, ticket for if they sign up for your newsletter. We're actually thinking about doing two because we want that to be the most important one. Uh, or like yeah. if you're like, oh, Twitter's my main thing. Bam, we do two for that one. Yeah. Instagram's your thing. We'll do two for that one. And that way, you know, they'll just sign up, you know, for all of your stuff uh, instantly. And hopefully, you know, we looked at an algorithm and it was surprising that like 69% of people did not unsubscribe. Uh, so that's actually, that's actually more, that's right? More. That, yeah, 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 that's actually more. And I think recently the new survey we saw was something like, uh, like 62 or something like that, but you're still over 50%, you know, versus, yeah. you know, screaming out into the void. And all you have to do is send one book, you know, and then we can just be like, bam. So it was very interesting. And we have, 
uh, we're trying to get a calendar together for that too. So like, you know, it'd be like October and then, you know, maybe if we did one in like June or something like that, that way yeah. different people could switch off. We're trying to do like five at a time. That way people would be like, oh, this is cool. I sent it for DW Ross and Mark Timoney yeah. and HL Tinsley or, you know, or whatever all at once. But it was interesting. We yeah, went so to one recently. You go uh, HL Tinsley on today, don't you? Yep, yep, yep. Well, I was glad the first that. time. The first time she was really busy because uh, she was on a book too. <laughs> so then this time I was like, oh, I'll just try again. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, no problem, you were so. in the same um, spiffle. Yep. Um, um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we were yep. both in the same one. Oh, dude, that's like my brother is watching the NFL draft right now this whole weekend. Like that's his holiday. And for me, that's my holiday. Like seeing you guys, you know what I mean? Like progress and like this, this upcoming one's cool for me because like this year and next year's because I have so many people that I interviewed where I'm just like, I feel like I have like a personal stake in it now, you know, like, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. So it was really cool. It was just, it was so neat to see people that, you know, I got to talk to like yourself and you know, just, mm-hmm. just head up there. I was like, that's so neat. It's just, it adds a whole different, you know, perspective to it, but yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, so how many books do you plan in this series and how did you come up with that number? Uh, three. Um, so you, just br- you just broke my Coast- friend's heart. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, the, Coast the, North, the Darkest Dusk and then uh, The Fury of Fate will be out in July. Oh, I love your titles. So, uh, oh, thank you. Um, so The Fury of Fate is the last one. It almost stretched to four, but I just I just didn't need it. Um, yeah. It just ended up being that the Fury of Fate will be, I'd say, about 30% longer than the other two books. Mm-hmm. But oh, cool. it's, it's that way where the story's told. Like, I don't, I'm really, really content with how everything goes. Content is probably the wrong word. I'm happy. I'm really happy with how everything plays out. Oh, so cool. that'll be it. I don't think, I don't think we'll get any more from that world. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> my friend's gonna cry when he sees this <laughs> oh, tell him sorry. Tell him sorry. well you know what i told him though i said well that's probably what he's gonna say now i said just i know never know, I know. never know <laughs> i know because i always think it's funny because tolkien's like he's like i read a correspondence with him where he's like yeah but you know three books or whatever and, and then it. i'm like, yeah. <laughs> like well hobbit came out too so uh yeah exactly that's funny well, yeah, that's a great title, though. Like all of yours, like in particular, I'm just like, um, so I've used particularly Cold in the North, you know, to to reference quite a bit um, on here and with private conversations, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. actually both books, um, you know, in terms of, you know, really showcasing, you know, what the genre is with the cover blurbs, excellent, um, you know, and just the title itself, you know, and I think myself, I struggle with titles. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I see yours and I write, you know, I wrote them down and um, there were a couple other people too, particularly within the last, you know, couple of years where I'm like, okay, like, how do I do that? You know, and I feel like it de- they definitely convey the genre and, you know, yeah. they do a really good job of advertising your books for you. And um, I just was listening to a podcast recently and um, they were talking about that. And I just, I, I think, uh, you know, particularly book two for you, I mean, just what, what a great title, you know, cover and everything. I think just, I think it just sells itself really, you know, if you're into the genre. So yeah, I think they're good and they're cool like pop- I think they're good and they're like poppy. Like, I think that's one of the things I said yeah. to show you was I need them to pop. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Them, like I used to, like I say in a previous life, I used to collect records. Um, oh, cool. And I just remember like how a record cover would catch my eye. Yeah. And then yeah, I, would be, like, sure. I wouldn't even need to know the band or 
know, whatever it was, I would just be like, oh, that, that's a cool looking record. I, I want that. And then I was like, the aesthetics of everything needs to be really, really on point. Um, and that's why when I spoke to Shuri and she sent me like the, the drafts and everything, I was like, yeah, you get me. You yeah, completely yeah. understand the level I'm on. And even like putting the um, imagery on the naked cover and stuff, like it was okay. just like all these little things that I'm like, these are things I need because I'm a bit of a, I just like a, a physical product. Yeah, yeah. Have. No, yeah, totally. Well, it's funny because like, um, we saw yours at one of the bookstores um, oh, recently and I had just like got my quota and I was just like, oh man. And my wife's uh, like, was it, on, we, was it on Broken Binding? Uh, no, actually it was in person. We have a bookstore oh. near, uh, near us, right. um, near my mother-in-law's. Well, it's not really us. It's like four hours, but we go there and it's, it's amazing. They, they have gotten so many independent um, books lately um, and like just like their stores. I mean, and they grab some Amazon. I mean, just all over. Like, it's crazy to see how they're, you know, they, they're really been booming um, since the pandemic. You could tell that people are, you know, so it's, it's helped me out because yeah. I gotten so many, I don't have to special order because I don't want to do it through Amazon. So I can just buy it there, order it there. And, you know, it's cheaper for me and, you know, everybody gets the same amount of sales, but Amazon, yeah. uh, so yeah, yeah. Like, um, sorry, Amazon, if you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, it was like, we walked by and she was like, Ooh, dang. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I told you. She's like, what do you think? I was like, I can't even fit it in my bag right now. I was like, so bad. <laughs> and then, then we went back like, um, oh, like, cause there were three copies and we went back like just a few days later or sorry, a few weeks later. And I was like, I, I like, we didn't even, we didn't even park yet. And I was like already heading to the bookstore and like all three copies of your book were gone. I was like, it was maybe like 10 days. I was so mad at myself. I told her, I said, see, this is why I don't wait. I said, this is why I don't, wait. Yeah. I, just, I just get it. And I said, clothes, I don't care. You know, like I'll get another, you know, piece of clothing. I don't care. Like hats, shoes. I'm like, I don't care. But books, I'm like, I, I don't like to wait for that reason. So yeah. I'm like, I was like, yeah, it's, now it's gotta be on my list, you know? And I get like, that. yeah, <laughs> list is like that. Wait, I'll, I'll hook you up. Hook you up. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, okay. So Number five there, what are some experiences you had writing book one versus book two and book three? I don't know why that one got cut off there. I've seen quite a few people recently finish book three. Um, so it's been cool this season to really learn from you guys from those different experiences. So I was just curious, like just in general, like, did, like some people like just said like, um, like, um, like Nick Vartel just said that he thought book two was his easiest one, which I thought was yeah. interesting because not everybody gets Empire Strikes Back, you know, some people you yeah. know, book three is easier, some people book one. So what was your general experience between the different books? Book two was the easiest. By far. Wow. Um, really? Well, I think it's, I think it's because I knew where I had to get to, but it wasn't a hard stop. If you that's know fair. I mean. so, yeah, yeah, like, that's right fair. Throughout the editing process and things, it was quite fluid. Like I knew where I had to get, but I knew that I could leave things open that I could yeah, close yeah. in book three. Whereas book one was hard because it was trying to find like the right finish point and like trying to dust enough of the lore and things yeah, to yeah. make it interesting but not give everything away. Like yeah, yeah. in book one, there's not really a whole lot about the Orange Spawn. Does mm. that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's referenced and like they kind of learn what it is and why it's important and, and, and why it's effectively against what they stand for, but they don't really find out anything about it. Yeah. But then book two things kind of start coming to life in a big way and um there's a lot more battles a lot more fighting and the the kind of scope of where the war touches opens mm. up in a big way 
Um, so I think that was probably the, the most fun for me because yeah. you could just you could just have fun with it. Like I say, I could I could just segue into like a new thread and then be like, I'll worry about that later. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, now I'm kicking myself because in book three I've been like, why the fuck did I write that? I'm like, <laughs> how, did I, how did I write that one bit that I thought was so good now? And then I'm like, now I have to resolve that. Um, which obviously uh, the corners a little bit. But like, for example, it's not really a spoiler, but like, Ogle gets injured, doesn't, not dead or anything, like, he gets injured at the end of book two. And I remember, like, when I got to the, right in the beginning of book three, I was like, why the blooming hell <laughs> did I, why did I do that? Because <laughs> then, the, then I had to be like, right, well, how do I still make him capable because he's got a lot to do Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to close this book out, so... Uh, book three was a treat um, I always knew when I wanted it to finish um, one of the things I knew before finishing the first book was how the book would, how the main story if you want would end I knew in my head exactly how that was going to happen so I just knew where to get to um, but sometimes it was the connecting the dots, I had a big uh, document that basically was, it was called Harkbacks to Previous Books and it was oh, what cool. I'd I'd reread Code from the North and then The Darkest Dusk and I'd reread them and took notes on everything where I'm like, reference this or like reference that or because I mean, even if it's just little musings, it doesn't have to be like a, it doesn't have to get more than a sentence, but I'll feel satisfied knowing if in book three I've referenced something from book one that yeah, might yeah, have yeah. been significant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, or oh, even just sure. going back and being like, I said Ogilfer is really proficient with this, then let's make sure I reference that a bit more in case it's in case it's needed so just stuff like that um that's a good but idea. book one was a slog uh book two was a breeze and book three was it was hard because I, I don't know if i wanted to say goodbye to it yeah that's it was, fair yeah yeah. It was, yeah it was hard putting a close on it well that's like um the tv show castle with nathan philly and i got mm. rewatched the whole all the seasons and then my friend just asked me last night he's like did you finish the last episode of the show and I said no I I said I don't want to say goodbye to it I said I <laughs> have like 38 minutes left in the entire show and I told him I was like I might finish it when you know like I'm on my deathbed you know I'm like yeah. it was so much fun it was it was you know like it really inspired me to write um again for the second time you know like when I started back up again, like, um, you know, high school and, and college in particular, college in particular. And I just, you know, it, it means a lot to me. So I totally understand that. I, I can only imagine, you know, like a couple of characters having to finish them off, you know, finish their, their story and just be like, Oh, like, can I really do that? Yeah. But I feel I like you spent so much time scene. with them, you know? I wrote oh. one scene in particular and it was a uh, difficult was not the word. Like it was, hat on like I had to take like mm. a couple I know this sounds really cheesy but I had to take like an hour to myself after no, yeah, I had yeah. to like sit and like I was like I mean I don't drink anymore but <laughs> if I did I Not definitely would have had a strong drink do you know what I mean yeah, I was like no totally because and I think it was because it was one of the characters I've, I've thought about the most if that makes sense yeah, yeah so yeah. got a couple of POV chapters and everything for that character and um yeah when I had to write them out it hit me so hard because you spend so much time and you'll know this from writing characters you spend so much time 
bringing them to actual life in your head. Yeah. Like yeah. I know that they, I know that for a reader, they can be to, brought to life on the page and they can f- have a sense of what they look like and maybe what their mannerisms are. But you, as a writer, and I, as a writer, know what our characters are. You know who they are, and you know what they think. Like the reader doesn't necessarily know what they think. Yeah. In yeah. your head, you've got an idea of how would they react to this and why would they react in that way? And it goes beyond just writing it so that the reader can read it. It's you have to understand that character in such a way that I don't know, like the whole kill your darlings thing was always, I was like, that doesn't matter. It's just a, <laughs> it, it matters. I, I felt it. <laughs> yeah. you like, kill. well, like I had this one character and um, he's been developing for 14 years, you know, and there are some things that I did to him in book one where I'm just like, Oh, like I, I think that's the real thing where I had to step back and, I, I haven't been able to go back because now I have other things, you know, that I'm changing. And I'm like, I'm like, if this is hitting me this hard, I'm like, I can, I'm hoping, you know, that the readers feel it as well, you know, between yeah. book one and book three, but I totally get it. It's like, it is, I think it is really hard to, to explain to people because you are like, essentially, like if you're doing that, you're essentially killing like a part of yourself on purpose. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you do that, it's like, unless you're doing like a prequel or a novella or, you know, a short story or something, it's like, like you, you are killing that person, you know, so you are killing that essentially that part of yourself. And then you have to, I think, not only deal with that, but I think you have to also, you know, because you have so many characters. I know I have like 60, you know, but it's like each of them is different and like a different part. So, and you have, right. Like you, you literally give them birth, you know, it's like, I think like, like that's essentially what you're doing. Right. And I think it yeah. is a lot harder than, you know, people say I had a friend recently that did that and I won't say who to people, but you know, like they were like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, I think this is the only other book that can kill my darlings. They're like, it was just so, and they were, I mean, they're older than both of us. And, you know, they were like, this has been like 25, 27 years in the making. And then now, now they're gone, you know, and they're like, they're constantly there, you know, and for five books or whatever. And I'm just like, I I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) um, Yeah. But yeah, it's, it was uh, um, my beta readers gave me some specific feedback on those scenes, and it seems like people were like satisfied, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, because my beta readers are literally amazing. So some of them are like really good friends of mine, and and because of that, they can give really candid feedback, and they know I'll take it how it's meant, and if it's constructive, I'll, I'll use it. Um, but they were like, that was probably the scene I was most worried about, um, and. The feedback has been, I think they were sad, but that's kind of what I wanted. Like one of my beta readers was like, I can't believe I'm crying, like in brackets. So I was like, <laughs> that's kind of the desired effect. <laughs> but at the same time, like it, it, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I totally understand that. All right. Now I'm like all emotional. <laughs> no, me too. I'm like thinking back on that scene. I'm like, when I have to edit that and when I have to send that to my editor, I hope I don't have to make it any worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, I totally understand that one. So you said that you are done with book three then. Yeah. Um, now, what has your overall experience been with developing your characters between the different books? Um, to be honest, I feel like character development's not my strongest point. Mm, I feel that. Um, I think a lot of the feedback I got in like early reviews and stuff was that it was very like plot driven and not character driven. Mm. So I consciously tried not to change the way I wrote them because I didn't want them to then be 
really rapidly overdeveloped as I kind of got more confident, if that makes any sense. No, no, it totally um, does. So it, it definitely became a struggle with like book three because there were certain elements of like Ogilf's character arc that I felt like I lost his voice in my head. I felt like I had other um, POV characters that I was just able to, I don't know, like fall into that character in my head. Like there's, yeah, just, yeah. there's, a, there's a character called Nadith who's obviously like the big bad evil king, like driving force behind this army that's messing everything up and I could fall into him like I, I would do voices and be sitting in my office and I would be <laughs> saying the things he was saying but I'd be putting on like a voice and I would be moving my face away that I would think he would just to see like what it would be like but Ogilf who is my main character and probably the most important character in the story I found it really difficult by book three to like fall into his mindset yeah um, so that was definitely tough. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if it was because he was maybe underdeveloped mm. from early on. Oh, okay. Uh, because it was so plot-driven, I don't know if I maybe hadn't established myself in Ogilf's arc myself as much as I thought I had. Mm. Maybe Ogilf to me was the plot, if that makes sense. No, it totally um, does. He was just the driver, um, whereas everybody else had a bit more development because they were accentuating that. Um, so it was definitely hard, I think. I've got like other things I would like to work on one day where I, I'm definitely more conscious of character development and it's because of some of the books I've read recently. Um, I mean, just to give like two shout outs to two books that I've really, really enjoyed, um, Dragon Mage by Emil Spencer mm. um, and then Of Darkness and Light by Ryan Cahill. Um, Ooh, both yeah. of them, I think, are absolutely fantastic um, representations of character development and just how they take you from... <laughs> these characters being effectively nothing and the way they develop them in the stories is just amazing and I think it made me realise what my my characters were missing yeah, so, yeah. Um, definitely something I would like to work on yeah I, def- I, I, I totally I totally understand that I, I worry about that a lot I think that's why I had a couple characters they're like yeah we're not in this book and I'm like the hell you aren't I'm like you're, you're <laughs> right here and so two left and then they're like, we want to stay together and we want to do this other thing. And I was like, God, that sounds so much cooler. So I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, I don't like you anymore. So just go. And then I had <laughs> like three other characters pop in and they're like, actually, we're in this book. And I'm like, fine, whatever. And then I had one who yeah. he completely switched classes and um, social classes and just um, his job profession. And my best friend was like, God, that sounds so much cooler. And I'm like, I know it does. And yeah. then I saw the two and I'm like, well, that changes everything for you guys. And yeah, but I, I worry about that. Cause now I'm like, Ooh, now I'm like to start basically over for draft two. And then I, I just feel like character development for me. I'm always, cause I love character development. You know, I love, you know, how people, you know, give you this rough piece of wood. And then by the end, it's this exquisite, you know, Harry Dresden's one of those where it's like, I feel like he goes through so much character development and it just adds to the story. And I just always worry that, you know, I always, I, that's definitely something with beta readers in the future that I'm going to be like, yeah. and you know, my writing friends be like, Hey, tell me the truth. Like, you know, did you think yeah. of this character? You know, that's, that's the one thing I just feel like I also struggle with world building. I don't feel like I struggle with that. People tell me like, that's a strength. Um, you know, I definitely don't, you know, like show, don't tell kind of thing. Um, it's definitely, you know, I've been working on, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better, but yeah, character development, I think it's just one of those out there where it's like, I think you just need, it's like what I told my girls the other day for like, they're, we had like two games. Most of them have never played lacrosse before. And 
to see them go from like week one to now where they played two games and have complete confidence. I really think that's how people are with books too, you know, and just projects, you know, and I think at a certain point you just need the experience. You just have to finish things and develop them. And, you know, it's like, you can read as many books on character development as you want, but But until you actually learn, you learn yourself. Like I have like a, I've got like a cupboard full of books that were for like helping people write and everything. And obviously I read them and I took them in and, but then I, I felt like I was relying on them too much. And I was just like, no, mm. the way, yeah. easiest way to do something is to practice. And it would yeah. be writing, drafting, sending it to someone. It was interesting you said, like, you're like, well, across team, like, going from week one to week three, how they've progressed. And that's where I think my character development didn't stand up because I didn't really show any progression. Mm. It literally starts at one point and then you're just moving through the story, like, through both sides. So I don't really feel like you got to see him progress as such. Mm. Whereas the books I referenced before, like Dragon Mage and um, the Bound and Broken series by Ryan Cahill, like you you start early on with the characters and a lot more time passes. So they are developing in huge ways, but the story's still moving in such a nice way that even though lots of time's passing, things are happening to move it along. It's all tied together beautifully and relevantly. But I think mine's is crammed into like a month in my head. Yeah, like a yeah. month and a minute. Do you know what I mean it's a very short time period compared? So because of that, I think development maybe stalled a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is a, a critique class now. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. Well, I I definitely think it's important for people, you know, to to know because some people I had talked to the other day about this where, you know, there was a very similar situation. My friend asked, "Did you like these books?" I said, "Yes, I did." And he said, well, what was the one thing, you know, and I, you know, I said a similar thing with a character. I said, well, character development for this character was underdone. You know, I said, but I love the books. I said, I love the characters. I love the books. You know, I said, just from a writing standpoint, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. That's how I felt like Eternals was too, like the Marvel movie, like they had such great characters and I haven't even finished the movie because a thing happened. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I just, I'm like, I just, I just couldn't get over it. And then it changes the entire movie, you know? And I'm like, I, I do want to finish it just as from a writing standpoint, you know, like on what not to do. And like yeah. for myself, um, you know, if I promise this thing and then do this thing, I just, um, yeah, it was interesting. I just felt like same thing. Like, you know, there was a you know, certain character that was underdeveloped and I felt like it ended up completely, you know, destroying the plot for me and it really pulled me out of it, you know? And, I just think it's, you know, those kind of things. I think, you know, my friend's like, well, how is that possible? I said, well, I still like things about the movie. You know, I said, yeah. I thought they did X, Y, and Z. I said, that's how I felt about this, you know, this trilogy of books I read recently. And I'm like, it just, you know, I said, I think, I think it's a lot similar to how people feel about the Dark Tower, you know, where, you know, they love the series. It's great. But a lot of people said the ending was underwhelming. Um, yeah. You know, I'm still going to read it, you know, and you never know. Maybe I don't find it yeah, underwhelming yeah, you know and yeah. maybe i learned something that way you know on what to do or what not to do but yeah i definitely think and it's hilarious when you when you look at that as an example and then if you look at like the stand yeah, like, I don't yeah. Know if you read the stand but the stand is like chock full of development and massive character arts where you're like why like and it's so apparent why everyone is different and everyone's relevant but then yeah you do get other novels by the same authors who maybe don't have the same kind of trajectory for development for characters but yep it's a strange one yeah yeah, yeah. no I, it's funny because everybody always mentions the stand for that one it's oh it's... i have like the oldest i don't, know what I, I don't think but i've read that I've since like middle school so it's i want to go back to it it's been it's yeah it's had to have been 
Ooh, it's scary. I think it's almost been two decades. <laughs> it's kind I don't scary. know where my copy is, but I have like I've got like the the old old like library style from the eighties. Oh, cool. oh, I just can't part ways with it. I love it yeah. so much. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, those are. I think that's definitely the best copy. That's definitely what I read in our our old dusty library back in the day. With it, like the the pages are so thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely was like afraid of ripping them. By that time, yeah, it was yeah, like same. it was like two thousand. It was almost like yeah, it was like two thousand actually, two thousand and one, because it was the year that nine eleven happened for us. So yeah, right. like definitely, definitely remember like reading it that year. Um, I read that. Um, the Hobbit. Um, oh, what was the? There was another one too by Stephen King. I read something else. It was like that was like the year for reading for me. Oh, um, A Knight's Word, and I always blank on who it was. It's like an older, like D and D style, like fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a good book, um, and it, it, I think the author only wrote like two books ever. But it like th- those were like it's funny when you you know think about those, which kind of leads me to my next question. Um, you know, there are certain books that definitely have influenced me. You know, to want to write, definitely to read, but definitely want to write. So, what are maybe some who are some authors or writers that have inspired you to write? Yeah, um, I mean, it was one of them was definitely uh, Michael J. Sullivan. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, just a phenomenal writer. Um, yeah. I think another one that was probably the most important because of when I read it in relation to when I was thinking about writing was uh, James Islington, like the like Canon trilogy. So I just I don't know, I just loved that trilogy. Yeah. I like I devoured it. It was um, really, really, really good. But I think that. The world building in that and the characters and that I, I always i don't want this to come off the wrong way but i read that and thought i could do this like it's not oh, like yeah. i thought it would be easy it was more just like this is amazing i have these ideas i could totally put this to paper and in fact when i first started i reached out to two authors um for feedback uh, no, one of them was michael j sullivan and one of them oh, was james cool. islington james islington wasn't available for uh feedback or like assistance or anything like that but Michael J. Sullivan, uh, I sent him like the first three pages of uh, Cold from the North and he sent back and it was like the opening line in Cold from the North is, um, let me just check it, but it's the opening line is the mud was hard as stone and it's like, a, it's basically describing a scene where Ogle's trying to like break through mud and it's really cold and he can't break through it, he's getting frustrated. And I remember being like, I can't wait to see what Michael J. Sullivan says about this. He said he's going to look at it. And he just, <laughs> his open line, what to it was, thank you for, very much for sending this. That opening sentence, though, was that the best you can do? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. So this was like pre-published. I hadn't published anything. This was still when it was very much a draft. And I remember just being like, he hates it. I can't do this. And, and it wasn't that at all. And now, like, looking back and, like, at the comics and things he said were really helpful. But, um yeah he definitely inspired me because I read his books first but then he kind of gave me like a kick up the ass and I think the fact that he even replied to me when I was like super early in that journey was it was amazing I was um, yeah, yeah. shocked but um he was yeah have having met him in person like I so I bought the like I was saying to you before we started recording I bought the one book had him sign it and then I went back through actually and talked to him like two more times. This was like a huge signing, yeah. like with all these authors at this independent store. Like I had to wait the second time and it you was know, this is Phoenix, you know, in like April. So it's already like over hundred oh. degrees. So yeah, I'm like yeah. out there. I, like my wife, she was like, you were there all day. I got there at like eight 30 in the morning. I got in once, went back out to my car. So I had to wait in line again. 
And then yeah. I, I mean, I literally was there until they closed at like 10 30 at night, but I talked to him twice. So that, that actually, he's, he's so humorous. And like, I yeah. told him, I said to my friend recently, I said, I feel like people don't get my humor sometimes because <laughs> like over online, because I'm like, if you meet me in person, I think you'd be like, oh, he just rarely takes things seriously. Like he's just always yeah. joking. And I, I, I could totally see him sending that. <laughs> so that's really funny. Well, I was really like thrown because he's like the image and stuff on the book and the image on his website looks like this image from the 80s where he's like proper like formal and he's like sitting like doing <laughs> really side of the head and I was like he's either going to come back and he's going to be like teacher style critical or he's going to be really like laid back and just be like yeah it's okay but he was like in the middle of it and I was just like ah oh, I, I just want to like phone him up and be like yeah, hey man yeah. break it down for me a little bit more <laughs> yeah 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 He's yeah. like one of my golden, you know, my white whales yeah. and my golden geese. Like, I'm like, I can't wait to have him on one of these days. And I oh, wish yeah. I had the picture I took with him, but my old phone was on my old phone and there wasn't the cloud at that time. So I totally lost it. Like the only ones I still have are me and Brandon and me and Kevin from that day. But yeah, I just, I keep trying to think like, oh, maybe it'll pop up on, you know, Facebook somewhere, Instagram. Or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was, he was really cool to me. I'd highly recommend if anybody, you know, has an opportunity, Michael J. Sullivan, he was he was awesome. He was definitely one of my favorite authors to me. So, all right. So that last one there, uh, any news updates, promos, or current projects that you'd like to share with us? Uh, so book three of the Onyx One Chronicles is called The Fury of Fate. Um, and I think I put a date on it of when it will be released, which I regret now, obviously, because <laughs> life moves fast. But I believe it's coming out on the 30th of July. It's oh, cool. uh, subject to change because I am impulsive. Um <laughs> But that is the, the third and final book of the Onyx Bond Chronicles. So it ties everything up really nicely. I say really nicely. It's full of blood. It's full of guts. It's full of gore. It's full of war. Um, but it, it, it ties up the story in a way that I'm very satisfied with. Um, I think it's the best thing I've ever written. I'm very confident that it is. Oh, cool. um, I just can't wait for it to be out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to be completely honest, I don't really do the whole marketing thing. I don't go, hey, buy my books. I'm not that kind of person. But I'm just so excited for it to be out there and for people maybe to go one, two, three, read the series in a quick succession and just enjoy it. It's out there and people don't have to wait or anything. It's just there. They can get it. Um, And after that, I'll probably take a very brief break and then I will be continuing with a project I've been working on. Um, It's a five book series. Uh, The background for the series is based on Scottish and Celtic kind of myth and legend so it's based oh, in that's awesome. of, it's i would say like a alternative scotland uh, it's probably going to be quite low fantasy i doubt it'll have any magic in it as such um but it's going to be full of clans it's going to be full of battles uh hopefully it's going to be full of character development because i hope i don't suck at it anymore <laughs> um but yeah this is this is my new baby where we'll, we will see what comes of this but i feel like it will be interesting to say the least yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, down sad. definitely down for a pre-order so you got one sold already so oh did you can just be like you can be a beta reader i'll just send you as soon as i've got like a draft oh yeah yeah that'd be great yeah i would love you to see how you michael get j sullivan did you can just message back and go is that the best you've got <laughs> <laughs> well i'm definitely gonna do what he did um on that first uh few book covers and i'm definitely gonna send it to you that way i'm gonna have my you know suit jacket on and yeah you know, make sure like a, like a photo good. taken in like a walmart <laughs> yeah dude 
I, I, my friend asked, he's like, how do you want yours to be? I'm like, I just always loved his. I was like, I just yeah. want that. You know, I was like, that's what I'm thinking. And he's like, he just laughs at me. He goes, you would. And I was like, and then he read um, Age of Myth recently. And he goes, okay, I get yeah. it. And I'm like, right. I'm like, they say yeah. dress for the job that you want. You know, I said, I want to be Michael J. Sullivan. So I feel like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. That. So <laughs> that's awesome. I get that, dude. Well, now I'm going to have to tell people when they do their secret projects, like to hold something up, because that's just so much more tantalizing than talking. Oh, I know. I'm like, oh. uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> it's, it was my beautiful wife bought me this because she knew I wanted to write something new and uh, she knew I needed something fresh for it. So nice and bound and has D.W. Ross. Yeah, that's awesome. It, so. Definitely, definitely yeah. want like 10 of those. So, <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like, it's beautiful. That's awesome. All right, my friend. Well, I really appreciate you for coming. I'm so glad that we could finally have you on. Uh, let me know if you, you know, get closer to July or whatever date you pick, if you know, you want to come back and, you know, we pop another episode real quick out there for you. Talk maybe more in depth, you know, about book three or something like that. Um, totally fine. Anything we can do to, you know, to help you out with that or, you know, or in the future, um, if you just want yeah. to come by and chit chat about anything writing or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something I would love on that. your mind. Yeah, just just hit me up, and you know we'll we'll get you going. Um, just as a reminder to our audience, so DW Ross, you can um, you know find everything for him in the description per usual. Um, Spotify, YouTube, RSS.com. Please don't forget to share this episode. It's not for me; it's for authors like Ross here, and we want to make sure you know that people are you know going and you know, getting their books. So that's the whole reason we do this whole thing. So uh, my friend, I hope you have a great rest of the day. I'm really looking forward to talking to you on social media. Um, as soon as I get my draft done, um, hopefully the next couple of months here with my historical urban fantasy, I'll send it to you and you can pull Michael Please J. Sullivan on me. So <laughs> no, I don't know. Please do. I will be on downtime. Let's just say. Oh, cool. cool. Books, so please feel free to. That'd be amazing. And just to say thank you so much. That was yeah. really, really fun. Yeah, it was um, awesome. I had a blast and I look forward to chanting again. Maybe Perfect. one day I can interview you. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know I'm, I'm trying to work out how we do that, but um, there's so many things I want to pick your mind on, so we'll do it another time. But it yeah, was lovely yeah. today. Have a great day, my man. You too, my friend. Have a good one. You too. See you, man. Bye.